This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted... Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Sports Podcast. And I guess I should say that, you know, we're going to be apparently changing that name. We don't like the name, apparently. It's not searchable. Did you know that, David? It's not searchable on the Internet. <laughs> I've I've heard rumors, but I didn't I didn't yeah, yeah. wasn't aware. So they you know so they're saying oh so what, what what should we consider? And I said well then let's just say you know the Dallas Morning News Dallas Cowboys show if that if that's searchable you know <laughs> let's just do that you know you know I'm not offended by the fact that we want to reject the name that you know that I came up with, but that's okay. <laughs> You sound uh, a little bitter, though. A little bitter. I'm a little bitter. You know, it's it's like you know sending your kids to school, and, and, one, you, and one of his professors. Have you ever considered says, renaming one of your children? <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> and one of your professors says, you know, really, Ford Sherrington doesn't work for us. You know, it just doesn't work. For it's me, too many either. letters on my thing. So could you just call him Ford Show? You know, okay, sure, <laughs> sure, whatever it takes for you. It makes your life easier. Um, so anyway, this is our our Cowboys podcast, and David Moore, who was just was talking, I assumed you knew who that was. That, that's uh, David, who uh, uh, covers the Cowboys for us, does a fabulous job for us over there. So David, um, there is word out now that Dak Prescott's contract offer has been upped. We don't know how much it's been upped, or at least the last time I looked, we didn't know how much it's been upped. Uh, at this point, what we heard was 105 million guaranteed, that which would come to 33 million a year. I 33 guess. million a year, and yeah. and that was actually that that was in September. That was their last offer in September, right. In order to try to, and that represented that represented movement on their part too, because they went into camp and and basically the deal they had offered was right around an average of 30 to to 31 million a year. With a guarantee of ninety million, mm-hmm. so they increased their guarantee fifteen million just over the course of training camp last year. So uh, the Cowboys did move; they did try to get something done. It, it didn't work. Um, Dak went into the season, had his best individual season by far. I think I think by many metrics uh, that, that you want to look at, and so now it's he's expecting even beyond that. So. Uh, certainly the the latest offer that was forwarded um, exceeds an average of 33 million and a guarantee of 105 how much it exceeds it and whether it gets to the point where there's serious discussion now it's a, it's a little unclear Jerry Goff has 110 million guaranteed right that is that's I believe so, that's yeah. the law I think that's the biggest guarantee out there uh I, I think 110.5 something like that yeah, yeah. so to me uh I certainly like Dak as much as Jared Goff. Uh, I, you know, and I'll have to, this is funny because when he was in college, I really liked him. That is he, Dak's argument and his and his representation's well, argument as I'm well. I'm sure it is. Let's uh, look at what he's done. Look at what he's done and, and Wentz and, and all of these guys have done. And, and yeah, Goff's guarantee is 110, 
Wentz is 107.9. Okay. Those are the two top guarantees, both in Dak's draft class. Mm-hmm. And you can argue his regular season numbers exceed both. And really, I mean, you know, Wentz's last playoff game didn't look all that good, if no. you remember the Super Bowl. No. Well, and, and Wentz, the, the biggest issue for me between – Wentz just doesn't play in I mean, he, he postseason just games because they don't – he did this year, but I mean the – He gets hurt too much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, and he's very and, and even this I thought this last year and I and I have to say I have not gone back and looked at the numbers but just the times that I saw Carson Wentz play last year he's really talented he he throws the ball really well uh, kind of reminds me of a junior version of Aaron Rodgers you know mm-hmm. a lot of in a lot of ways big talented guy really spins the ball well all all the things that you really like. But then he'll just make a really stupid throw every once in a while, and and uh, and he's relied, he's been overly reliant on his tight ends. I well, think so would so would Aaron Rodgers. I mean, well, you know, if you want to carry well, out the yeah, comparison a little more, I mean, I I think someone with that sort of talent makes some decisions because they're so confident in their ability, right? That you say, and and you don't see that too often with Dak. I think Dak has a a really good understanding of of who he is and what he can do as a quarterback. And you rarely see Dak do something where you go, what in the world was he thinking there? Now, that's right. not to say he doesn't make mistakes, but uh, yeah, you'll see Wentz from time to time. The, the other thing I will say on Wentz, and, and I think Wentz is a wonderful quarterback too, I, you question that receiving core that was around him this past year. That's and true. I think the Eagles are going to address that this offseason with free agency in the draft. And, and let's see what he does this coming season with a, with a better uh, receiving core around him. Much like, I mean, Dak faced in the, in the early part of uh, not this past season, but the 2018 season after uh, Des Bryant moved on. And, and you know, that, that collection just didn't work. So – if we're if we're looking at these contract terms, and of course we have no idea what they really want. I mean, I, I would assume that what they want is that you know for him to be the highest paid quarterback. Well, in the at this league. point, yeah, the, the high, which would make him the highest paid player in history. Yeah, it would. Which, if you want to look at it that way, which is yeah. a little, you know, how do you get your? And again, I think they want. Um, I think they would be perfectly willing to take a three year deal, and the Cowboys are going to say, "Well, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, uh, we're when we're paying this kind of money." We need at least another year of of mm-hmm. you know security on this. We can't be doing this every three years. So um, again, it's really understandable for him that they're at loggerheads over this because um, the, the length of a con the length of the contract's an issue on this too. Because um, you know to this stage of his career, Dak has gotten. I think about four point seven million through the first four seasons. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. He he is undoubtedly the lowest paid player in the league relative to his performance over that four year period. No one has ex- exceeded their pay grade more than Dak Prescott over the last four seasons. Now the thing is, you know, Wentz and Golf were first round picks, so they came in with five year deals, not four year deals, and they already signed their extensions. So now. See, they're tied to their clubs through 2024. Uh, you would have to – so they signed four-year extensions. You'd have to sign Dak to a five-year extension in order to control the same amount of time that they do the other guys. So it's um, – while it's been to Dak's detriment financially to be not be a first-round pick on his first contract, it works in his favor based on his performance the rest of the way and and – 
And the Cowboys recognize that, but to what level do they recognize it? And are they willing to say, well, yeah, we have to kind of make up, not only make up for lost time, but you're going to hit the market sooner now than these other guys. And and so it, it, they're, they're going back and forth. You know, I, at this point, I don't know how receptive uh, Todd France and, and uh, CAA, uh, their, their agency, I don't know how receptive. I don't want to say not receptive, but I don't know how communicative they've been other than like, look, you know, we think Dak should be at the top of the scale because, you know, two years from now, even if he's at the top of the scale right now, the moment you sign him, two years from now, he's going to be the sixth or seventh highest paid quarterback, and he was already behind where he should have been. Mm -hmm. So they're, while they're not arguing publicly, they're making up for lost time. I think it really allows them to dig in and say, hey, look, financially, he's well behind what he should have gotten to this point. So you either have to let him get back in the free agent market earlier than you would to have him make up for that, or we'll go. And here's the other thing real quick. I know you can get so so bogged down in this, but, um, you know, he is – they will use the exclusive franchise tag on him if – if they're unable to get a deal done and now the deadline's been moved to next monday it's been moved to monday because of the they're still, which, which still awaiting the cba about? vote that, uh, that would be the, the coming monday yeah <laughs> the what is that the 14th that would be the 15th 15th, 15th, 15th yeah, yeah. Uh, the ides of march by the way yes the one one minute before midnight on the 15th is now when you can do the the tags um so they will do him at the exclusive fran- franchise tag, which means no one can get him. No one ha- can make an offer. No one can pursue him. Now, in order to do that, you're also tagging with the highest number possible, which is the average of the five highest paid at the position in this last year. So that comes, I believe, when I saw that comes, I think, to like $31.6 million. Now, if you tag him again next year, that comes to with the increase. That's like thirty. That's just under thirty-five million. So basically, this is a long-winded way of saying: if you tag him the next two years, his average base salary is going to be thirty-four million. Mm-hmm. So that tells you right there what the minimum you can offer him on an average per year right. that makes sense for him to take. And that's why Cousins wound up leaving, because after he took the first franchise tag, it's like, well, yeah, I'm going to take the second one now if you're willing to bet on you're not going to be injured. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the baseline for what my average has to be. And then you move up from there, and Washington was unwilling to do it, so he left. So, so really, once you franchise a player, you have to look at it for two years and what he would be if he didn't sign a deal. And Dak has never missed – I mean, you know – I think they threw, what, 587 passes this last year, and Dak threw 586 of them, mm-hmm. and Randall Cobb threw the other. Right. Um, he's never missed any games or even, even any snaps due to injury uh, through his first four seasons. So you have to bet on, like, well, once you hit me once with the franchise tag, um, you know what, I'm just going to go into the second unless your long-term offer – is well above that average that I could get over two years, which would be thirty-four-seven, or you know, thirty-four, because then, then I hit the open market, and how much more am I going to get than that? So I, I think he's willing. Again, I if you don't see a long-term deal done with him in these next uh, by July fifteenth, 
and I would really argue April when the off-season program starts. But if you don't see it by July 15th, uh, I really think you're looking at a Kirk Cousins situation here. All right, now, correct me if I'm wrong, and I know you would anyway. I didn't need to really tell you that. Even uh, if you're right, I'd try to pick yeah, at something, too. Exactly. Um, here's the other issue with with putting a uh, using a tag on him. You have to pay him all that money. And that You're on the book for all that money. If you sign him to a four-year extension or five-year or whatever it is that you, you're trying to get, you can move those numbers around a little bit. You can massage your cap a little bit. And sure, get, it reverse. The tag comes off, and then you, you right. go to the actual charge. So you would lo- – a, a, a long-term deal will lower – right now, if you have to tag him, they'll tag – say you tag him next Monday, he'll be on the books for 31.6. Mm-hmm. Once you get that deal done, it's going to be below 31.6 because it's going to be the average over the length of the contract. And they're well, and also they can they can give you money up front. They can do all kinds of things to to diminish that cap hit. Sure, I I would I would say probably maybe in the 24 million, maybe what it might even. Yeah, that that would be pushing it, but yeah, you can get it down around there. Sure, and that and that makes a big difference when you're trying to sign other people and do other things. So yeah, give six seven million more on this year to in order to work with. Absolutely. Uh, So these are things to, to me when. Because you hear uh, fans say all the time, well, shoot, you know, why don't you just do the cap on him this year, then see if he does anything, and then you can do something. It's like, well, yeah, that's not the real world. And, no, it restricts and, you, yeah, this yeah. year and going forward, really. Yeah. And plus, if you play him with that, the cap, I, I agree with you, uh, then you, then you're just driving the wedge a little bit more between Dak and the Cowboys. Yeah. I think he's he's already kind of ticked off about all this, I think. Well, he's he's ticked off, but it's not a – it's not to the point of going nuclear yet. He's, no. But, but he is openly questioning, well, you keep telling me how important I am, right. <laughs> but how come I don't have a long-term deal yet here? Yeah, if I'm so important. Um, you know, I heard how important Demarcus Lawrence was, and now he has a long-term deal, and I heard how important Elliot is, and he has a long-term deal. And you jumped me uh, and, and for, for that. Yeah, and you've been saying since last offseason I was your number one priority – and now here we are 14 months later, and I'm still your number one priority, and nothing has happened. So he, he is pointing these things out publicly, and, and that's a very valid, valid argument. Uh, but again, I will say you have to have the other side being responsive to negotiations. I don't think it can just be, okay, we want him to be the highest paid player. Well, okay, here's the deal. Well, why are we going to talk? That doesn't make him the highest paid player. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think there has to be a little bit more. Now, I understand. I don't think his side wants to say, okay, well, this is what we're willing to take because then you set the parameters and you usually, you know, compromise somewhere in between. And um, and like, like we said, Dak has a tremendous amount of leverage here. And it it got even greater with the new coaching staff and the, and the alterations that are going to be made in the system in the installation of the off-season program this year. But, uh, yeah, I, I the other thing I was going to say real quick, too, is that my understanding they, they've discussed this internally. And because, look, they could also use the non-exclusive franchise tag, which he wouldn't get anywhere then because it, it, what, it, what happens is the, the Cowboys get right of first refusal, and then if he leaves, they get two first-round picks. Now, that's a pretty hefty price to pay. Um, but someone could come in and, and, and give an offer. But now if you, if you tagged him at that number, you know, I think that's around 26 million a year, probably, you know, 
probably 26.2, something like that. So um, it's about $5 million less a year to tag him at that number. You know he's not getting anywhere because you still control, you still have right of first refusal. You can match anything he gets. Mm-hmm. Or if it was too exorbitant, you go, well, two first-round picks, including one this draft? Okay, we'll mm-hmm. do that. Um, but they're not going to do that because they want to show, look, we're serious about getting something done here. You know, we could still keep you at the lower number, and you can't go anywhere. But we're tagging you at the higher number to show you that, I mean, this is the neighborhood we're talking about. We're even if we don't get this out, we're we're negotiating in good faith here. We're giving you. We could have tagged you at six million dollars less, and you do, you weren't going anywhere. We're giving you six million dollars, knowing you're not going to go anywhere. Right. That we didn't have to give you on the tag. So look, I mean, that's got to be worth something. Yeah, absolutely. maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but but at least publicly it allows them to make the argument of look, we're we're doing all we can here. You know, you, you made a point earlier, and I and I I, I like this because what uh, uh, what the agent is saying is that yeah, in two or three years, this, this contract is going to be dwarfed by all the other ones, especially when Patrick Mahomes, in twelve months, Mahomes, yeah. Watson, all of these other guys, yeah, yeah, and, and so. I think that's what fans are get get lost on is that they think what you're saying is that this guy is, is the best quarterback. And it's like, no, this is just the timing of the deal. When this deal came up, this is the kind of money he got. I want to I want to point out something. I was at the uh, SMU Athletic Forum yesterday because Roger Staubach mm-hmm. was there with his son, Jeff. Always fun uh, to listen to Roger. You know, once he gets past the Jimmy Stewart uh, kind of uh, uh, persona he projects, there's a lot of funny stuff under there. And uh, he was talking about his contracts. You know, in, 19, in 1971, the year he took the Cowboys to the Super Bowl, uh, he was making $35,000 a year that year. He did, however, as he pointed out in the Super Bowl, uh, get a car. Uh, it was supposed to be a Dodge Charger. Uh, he asked if he could uh, trade that for a station wagon because he had three kids at the time. <laughs> he said, as he said, that was a big mistake. He said, because then that got out and I became the most boring man on earth. <laughs> you know, see, Johnny Carson was making fun of him for trading in a Dodge Charger for a station wagon. Yeah, I don't see Tom Brady and Giselle in a. No, in a station wagon <laughs> station rolling wagon. down the highway. <laughs> Kids in the back and in their seats. Nice little wood paneling on the yeah. side. You know, I, that's exactly what I was thinking. We had one of those. You know, a 70, it, was a, it was a 72 Dodge with oh a wood paneling gosh. on the side, though. It was really, we thought it was very cool. They had bucket seats in the front. Unbelievable. We thought we were like bucket in a seats. We thought we were in a spaceship, you know. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, how great is this? So, so anyway, um, you know, and by the way, back then, you know, we weren't really safe. That we, you know, five kids, seven, seven people in the family. We we didn't have a in the station wagons we had before the one I was just talking about that Dodge Crestwood, a very very fine station wagon with that with that you know contact paper on the outside. It looks like wood. Uh, was that that you would have just the cargo area? Me and my uh, little brother would just kind of we would just be rattling around oh, back yeah, there, yeah. literally going back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're taking a big turn. Yeah, you know, just go. Right. That was part of the car again. Sit down back there. Come on, you're backing up against the wall. Not even mentioning back then in Texas, you could drive with an open container and your shotgun on your gun rack oh, right behind you. Absolutely. Sometimes with your kids in the back without right. a kid's seat, <laughs> and the kids got their nope, open not containers. buckled in. That's right. <laughs> seat belts. What? Uh, so anyway. <laughs> Uh, Those were better times, Kevin. Oh, yeah. Let's take me back there. Make America great again. <laughs> That's what's great about America those days. 
Um, so, so anyway, uh, but, but you know, you know, you get from this with the older players. Uh, and so I'm always interested to see what their take is on salaries today. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, obviously some of them are They're a little not better, even but, in the same, oh, the, you know, not beyond comprehension of what be, it was. And sure. But here's what Rogers said. And I thought this was really good. He said, you know, that toward the end of my career, I started this, when the salaries were starting to go up because the, the, the TV money was coming in, and, and so I, we were starting to get good salaries right when I retired. And he said, but you know what? Uh, the owners are making a lot more money, too, so the players deserve it. And, and, and that's, exactly, that's exactly right. That's, sure. what, that's what people don't understand when they complain about, I can't believe these players are making it's this It's all relative money. to scale. Absolutely it is. Look what, the, look what money the, the, the owners are making, and all they want is more. Now that now we find out that there's some owners that hope that the CBA is not ratified because they want 18 games, not 17, <laughs> 18 games, you know, because it's just more money. And, sure. and do they care about these players and about how they are, are going to hold up playing 18 games plus the playoffs after that? Uh, you know, do they do they really care about their long term health? No, they don't care. And uh, and that's why when you when you see players taking this money. You know, this is a very short-term deal for them. You know, and and I and it's unfortunate. Much shorter than for the owners, yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely, it is because that's the other thing. There used to be a time, and uh, when we were looking up uh, the other day, that you know, billionaires in the market, and, and and all the owners in this market are billionaires. You know, and so there used to be a time, and you and I both remember, like when Eddie Childs went yeah. bellied up in the eighties, mm-hmm. and uh, and well, we, can, we don't have to go back that far. We can go back no. to Tom Tom Hicks. Hicks. Yeah, but but you know, I was talking to Tom Grieve recently about uh, Marty Scott, an old pal of his who worked for the Rangers, coming on some hard times, and that story's going to run this weekend, as a matter of fact. But one of the things he talked about was that Marty was his farm director when Tom was the uh, general manager, and that he said we had. And Tom said, we had no money, no money. And he said, I even had to tell Marty that we got to cut your bat allowance back from $25,000 to like, wow. like $12,000. You know, he's, and, and Marty said, I'm not going to be able to get through spring training with, with that budget on bats, just on bats, you know. And so Marty comes up with a deal where he runs out and, and gets these wood composite bats instead that don't break as easily as, as regular bats. They're not good. You can't use them in the regular season, but they could use them in spring training, and that's how they you know, they rectified the situation. But that just goes to show you how, yeah, back then the, the, the money wasn't as good. You had a lot of owners in baseball who, who struggled, who came in with their own money. Now, nobody, everybody did fine if they sold, but it was difficult to to make money and be sustainable if you weren't winning, mm-hmm. right? That's not the case anymore because of personal seat licenses, Jerry Jones, because of all the deals they've done on the side, Jerry Jones, you know, all the owners are making money now. Mm-hmm. They're making money hand over fist. And when they well, sell, now they're going to be making money. money from gambling coming in on this this upcoming contract. Absolutely. They and are. that you talk about changing the complexion and and uh And everybody used to be worried about that. Are they worried about it anymore? Yeah. No. You know, oh, gambling, gambling interest. We can't have that. Now you got a team in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. You know, so for all of these things that that people complain about, I, I just hate to see fans on the owner's side and all this. Like the owners are getting ripped off. They're not getting ripped off. They're they're you know, Jerry Jones is worth seven point what six billion dollars yeah. now. Most of that is because of the Cowboys. Yeah, and he's done a fabulous job. I'm not. Sure. I'm not denying any of that. The man is a, is a genius about. But that enhances other operations as well to in order in you know allow them to be more profitable. He'll sure. tell you that. Sure, it does. And uh, yeah, it's um, and the other thing that's always so and you know it, it's going to be interesting. I know, and I've been telling people this. You know the 
the initial assumption was, oh, well, the players are going to approve this because, you know, the way it's structured, uh, the the mine. You know the the minimum wage players, of which there are sixty to sixty three point five percent in the league, all get hundred thousand raises. Is. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they're going to go from like five hundred thousand minimum to six hundred thousand, right? Like immediately, and and then it's going to go up to uh, uh, very quickly go up around seven forty, seven eighty uh, within the next two to three years. So it's a it's a significant. Again, as I say, it was it was kind of the owner's way of like paying for votes you know because they know the majority of the players are minimum wage so let's do this something where they get a tangible benefit immediately uh that they can see this is this is in my best interests and you know then work on these other aspects of the deal um but but the thing is or are the owners a monolithic group all making the same amount and 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 all in comparable markets and no right they're not but they are much closer to being a collective body than the players where you have uh practice squad guys all the way through stars in the league players who are 22 all the way through 43 mm-hmm. uh that you know the owners in every sport are their interests are always going to be more aligned than the union and the players because they're at least in a comparable place financially and in age and their I mean it just doesn't move the, the business doesn't move that much but but for individual players they're all at vastly different parts and you know I, I, this deal is going to make sense for some players and not for others Absolutely. And so that's why um, the, the owners are in every sport are always going to be more unified uh, than the players because they just come from a place where it's easy. One, there's fewer of them. And, and two, um, they're, they're just less fewer factors to split them. Um, so, like I said, I, I know the assumption was that this was going to be approved. But like I said, you know, the assumption was that Bernie Sanders was going to, uh, you know, walk submit things on yeah. Super Tuesday, and right. that, and that flipped in a big way. And and I, I tell you what, I think it's very interesting that um, the the Players Association has already extended the the date to turn in votes for two days. Uh, I would argue that's not good, giving yeah. everyone two more days to vote. There's certainly getting rumblings that hey. Maybe we have some more work to do to to you know strengthen our flank here. I mean we're getting we're getting picked at and and now uh, the the candidates who are being voted on to be the next union president for the players, not the executive director, but the but the players taking over for Eric Winston, mm-hmm. uh, who helped negotiate the deal. Um, the last one I saw is like a couple more guys dropped out, and the lead candidate now is New Orleans receiver michael thomas who is a vocal opponent of this deal and saying no way should the players take this yeah so there are a lot of moving parts here yeah which is another way to get a long-winded way of saying that dallas may actually have the franchise and transition tag to use uh next monday when this deadline hits uh rather than just the franchise tag if 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 a deal is ratified they can only use one right exactly 
you know, that's another point, uh, and I know maybe a lot of fans just feel like, look, I don't care. I don't care what they make. Tell me when it's over. Yeah. Tell me when it's over. You know, and, sure. I, and I get, and I get that. For, yeah, completely. Sure. Because yeah. it's escape. You don't really care about the business of it. You just go. You may go. You may nod your head and go, "Wow, that money's outrageous." But you you want to escape. You want to see the sport. You enjoy the sport, and it's your it's your escape from business matters. And and you sure. Know. But I think fans should also understand the difference between the sports and yes. and, uh, and 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 of course with baseball, where they don't even have a salary cap, uh, and the fact that in, in football these guys are risking far more than baseball players are or basketball players are, uh, and and they fewer they, guaranteed contracts, fewer yeah. guaranteed money. Yeah, that, that's the whole thing going back about uh, about careers Dak, much more at risk. Dak wanting the the hundred and five million. You know, in in baseball. You sign that deal, 105 million guaranteed in baseball is not a big deal. No, you know, and 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 that's all guaranteed. Or NBA either. It, if a guy signs, when a guy signs a uh, you know a 250 million dollar contract, a 325 million dollar contract, contract that's all guaranteed, mm-hmm. every dime of it. Yep. So you know when uh, in football, that's what fans don't realize that yeah, it'll hurt you on the cap eventually if you sign a guy and he doesn't live out the terms of the contract, but you know. It doesn't. It'll hurt the player too if he doesn't make it. He doesn't make it to the end of it. That's he it. He didn't see it. No, sure. he doesn't see it. So, and and that's another. Now he would take out insurance on that, but he has to pay for the insurance to cover, and you're, so it's still cutting into his actual earnings. Absolutely. So let's let's look back at something we we talked about uh, with Dak earlier, and which I think is the thing that fans it's the most underappreciated thing is the guy's availability. Mm-hmm. If you go to seventeen games, and even if you go to eighteen games, uh, what quarterback is going to be better suited? For that kind of schedule than Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. you know, this is the guy as we, as we talked about. It's one of the reasons why he's put up the record that he has, uh, one of the best uh, one loss records in the league over his his term is the that first four years, yeah, is that he's played in all those games, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and and that's a big deal because I don't care who your backup is. I know what happened in in Philadelphia was kind of a, an anomaly there, uh, a huge anomaly. Well, because yeah. when Nick Foles has been a starting quarterback, he hasn't been any good. Mm-hmm. He's had two opportunities now to be And a, he got hurt, yeah, and he got hurt in Jacksonville. That cut him. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and now Jacksonville apparently is ready to move on and go with Gardner Minshew. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that tells you about that quarterback. So at any rate, uh, and Tommy is Tommy's waving. Tommy's doing his helicopter. You know, it's very cute, Tommy. I like it. I, I'm glad you dropped that throat slash thing. Oh, okay. That was yeah. so gangster. I was nicer this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, is that um, – uh, that – that the Dak is available. Could you go to that yeah. second? You go to that second quarterback. You're diminishing your yeah. your chances of winning that game precipitously. And mm-hmm. that that's a big difference when you're doing that. And I don't think that people appreciate that very much, or they don't appreciate. It. They take it for granted. You know, it's like me and you. You show up every day. <laughs> couple we're of quarters. <laughs> you know, are we taking days off? No, we're not taking off. You know, Evan's yeah. gone. Evan's. Going to go uh, eat ballpark foods, and you know, and, and it's interesting that people don't appreciate this quality enough because after coming off the end of Tony Romo's career, and let's just go back to the year where they were playing for the division title in a playoff spot in Week 17 at home against Philadelphia, and Tony Romo, who had an outstanding season, couldn't play in the final game because of his back, and they had to go to Kyle Orton, right. and they lost at home after being. After playing on the road in the previous two years, and not you know, so I mean, it's uh, uh, Cowboys fans lived through a, a guy of not no, having him at key times, and, and again, just think of the year after they came off that twelve and four year, and, and expectations were high. 
Uh, Romo goes out and they go four and twelve, and they use you know three different quarterbacks over the course of the season. Right. So yeah, uh, you you don't have to worry about that to this stage, at least anyway, with uh, uh, Dak Prescott. And he's very smart about how he even when he runs, he's he's very smart about how he goes about it. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think so too. All right, uh, Tommy says that's it. We can't do anymore. We can't talk anymore. Well, fine, so, Tommy wants us to quit. We'll so quit. We're, we're quitting. Uh, yeah, we're just, how about if we just quit doing the podcast forever, Tommy? <laughs> no. How would that do for you? <laughs> well, there'd probably be some weeks he would actually prefer that. <laughs> just kidding. Tommy's our producer. He does a fabulous job. We love Tommy. We just like to make him kind of a little bit uncomfortable. All right, Tommy. Uh, so, anyway, that's our Cowboys podcast. We had a Rangers podcast as well. Talked to Evan out in Arizona. Maybe the only, we may be the only people Evan talks to all day. He <laughs> could be. He's not going to get to talk to any players out there. You know, this is going to be the kind of thing that the players do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this uh, coronavirus thing, we shouldn't have to be talking to the media anymore. Then after that, there's all kinds of things I'm afraid I'm getting from these guys. Well, once coronavirus has been eradicated is when I'm concerned about it. It's like, well, it's actually worked pretty well. The players will go, man, it's actually worked pretty well these last seven months. Why don't we keep that yeah, up? Yeah, you know that's coming. You know that's coming on the line. That's okay. I don't need to talk to these guys. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, that's going to do it for us. We hope you all have a good one. Make sure you catch our uh, Rangers podcast as well. And then next time, maybe, maybe we'll even have a new name for this thing. I don't know. See <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.